and welcome to episode eight of Life with Ed, the podcast. I'm Julia Worth, your host, registered dietitian here in New Haven, Connecticut. Thanks for joining us. I said us, but actually this week it's just me. So <laughs> thanks for joining me. Um, happy May. I'm really excited that it's finally warm-ish. Um, this week kind of got cold again, so I would like that to go back um, to warmer weather. So spring is actually, you know, here. Uh, As promised, this week is going to be all about weddings. I said on the podcast last week that I would get my friend back on here. Well, I haven't seen her yet since then. So um, eventually she will come back. But today it's just me. um, And I am two months about into being engaged. So I have a lot to say when it comes to weddings and the wedding industry. And we're going to get into all that. But first, I do want to address a listener question. This question uh, came to me in March, and I am so sorry it has taken me so long to answer. I was planning on doing a full bonus episode about it, but um, well, here we are. Didn't happen. So here we go. So this listener wrote in and said, I don't know if you take requests for things to address in your podcast, but would you say breaking the labels of bad and good food was a part of your ed journey? 100% I take requests. Here I am. Do I always answer them timely? Apparently not, but I'm trying to change that. And yes, 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 yes. Um, Breaking the labels of bad and good food is still a struggle that I have. I try really hard to never use bad, good, um, you know, junk or healthy or unhealthy when I talk about types of food, but it's such a normal and common part of our language that it's hard to change. But truthfully, it has been one of the most important parts of getting over my eating disorder as much as I have. And just an update, I'm really excited about this. It has officially been over 18 months since my last relapse. So um, here we go. Okay, then she continued writing. If so, would you consider incorporating it into one of your podcast episodes? Yes, here I am. Okay, yeah, I just find it a big part of my parents' vocabulary when it comes to food, and they just don't understand the negative effects but also they don't know how else to categorize different foods and their nutritional value, i.e. the brownie versus the carrot. I just wonder if other adults slash teenagers who still live at home have trouble with their relationship with food because their environment reinforces the bad and doesn't give room for the new information and growth. I think um, that a lot of people struggle with this. So uh, reader you're, or listener, <laughs> you don't read a podcast. You also don't listen to a blog. Um, just a little tidbit. Either way, yes, lots of listeners have this problem. Lots of people have this problem. It's really hard to move from a world where we've always categorized, you know, vegetables and fruit as healthy and like bread and desserts and pasta, and who even knows what else goes into that category for some people as unhealthy. But all foods provide us with different, you know, nutritional value and also emotional value. Um, You know, brownies make me really happy. That's like number one favorite food to buy at a drama club uh, show. I think my mom could definitely say that. (laughs) The number of times I've asked for like 50 cents to get a brownie 
at a show is off the charts. Um, carrots, you know, carrots have great nutritional value. They have vitamin A. They also make a nice crunch. They're a nice snack item. They're all important, all the food groups, grains, uh, fruit, vegetables, dairy, protein. We need them all. And obviously, you don't you know, need an ice cream to survive, but you also don't need a carrot, right? There's different ways we can get the value um, from all foods from at least, you know, one other option. There isn't a single food that's required, but, you know, most are good to have at some point. Also, I would just say that when we when we set up this bad and good dichotomy, it puts all those bad foods on like an unreachable pedestal or pedestal, like that word, hard. Um, it makes them, you know, have a power over us. And we think that, you know, we can't have them. And if we do, we're a terrible person. So this food ends up with this huge power over us. And all we want to do is have it, but we can't, right? Because we're good people. And if we had it, we would be bad. So eventually, you know, you crack because there's no way you can resist brownies forever. It's just a fact. Um, and if you, you know, have one, you're probably not just going to have one. You're going to have like two, five, ten, the whole pan, whatever, because you haven't had them for so long. So you've been like depriving yourself and depriving yourself. And it's really important, um, you know, to not do that because if you end up binging like that, you'll feel guilty and the whole cycle will start over again. It's something I talk about um, in the high schools I work in all the time, taking all those foods off the pedestal and putting them on the table. They're all up for grabs. They're all important in different ways. Um, So that's my response. I hope that was somewhat helpful. And please, everyone, if you do have questions, comments, concerns, anything you want me to address, a, a person you want me to have on the podcast, just let me know. You can email me at worth, W-E-R-T-H, your while nutrition at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at me, jboelworth, or on Instagram, I'm jbworth. So, you know, find me there. Um, Also, you know, if you like this show, if you enjoy it, if you get something from it, please leave a rating, a review, tell a friend, you know, just play it on a friend's iPhone or, you know, Android, whatever. Um, Get them listening, subscribe, trying to get more viewers, trying to get the word out. Um, We're doing great. So thank you to all of you who have written a review. But just keep encouraging um, that so that we can do even better. All right. So um, now I'm going to invite my guest on, me. And we're going to talk about weddings. So this week, if you don't follow my blog, um, worthyourwhile.com, I published a blog post about weddings, kind of a precursor to this show. I just wanted to put some of my initial thoughts out there, get some feedback, and um, honestly, I got so much more feedback than I ever expected. It was my most read blog post by far. And I had tons of comments, emails, likes, questions, shares, everything. Um, So thank you to everyone. And I just, um, you know, think that means, you know, this is an important topic. It is certainly not just a me problem and it's not just a you problem. This is every bride and probably a lot of grooms too, although um, we'll get into that later. There is not nearly as much pressure put on the groom to look a certain way. One of the first comments I got was saying that it gets worse for moms post-birth. So 
definitely, I think we're going to have another episode sometime soon. Maybe I'll get an expert on pregnancy and postpartum on here, um, a nutrition or, or therapist expert, because that's terrible. The idea that the pressure that I feel right now and that, you know, lots of other brides have felt in the past is only going to get worse when we have a child, when our body is doing something absolutely incredible, um, you know, creating a baby. Uh, that's so sad. So something we're definitely going to tackle and address in a future episode. I also got lots of comments saying that, um, you know, it's hard for the bridesmaids too. It's hard for the mother of the bride, the mother of the groom. It's hard for any of the women in the bridal party. I think actually a study done showed that 50% of the bridal party, not including the bride, will try to diet. Um, and, you know, 50% sounds like all of the women. So, yeah, it's it's not just the bride. It's the whole shebang. And I had another comment, which I think is important just to kind of start off the show thinking about. It's a reminder to watch out for the thoughtless comments. It is so easy to say, you know, something that might hurt somebody else or might cause somebody else to stop eating, to start dieting, to think they need to look different, to be beautiful or perfect or whatever. Uh, and obviously, we can't control everything. We, we can't control everybody's reactions, but we can think a little bit more about what we are saying and what like message we're sending when we talk about weight loss or clothes sizes or whatever, um, especially when it comes to weddings. People planning a wedding are already under a lot of stress, so try to tone that back um, as we go forward. Okay, let's get to the stats because... I at first thought, you know, maybe this is all hearsay. Maybe it's really not as big an issue as it is, um, although the comments I received on the blog post would show differently. But still, I turned to a Cornell study from 2008 that showed 70% of the brides they surveyed uh, included weight loss as a to-do item for their wedding planning. 70%. So like, most women had weight loss on their little checklist along with buy a dress and, you know, taste cakes, things like that. Um, and a third of women, so, you know, pretty decent amount turned to extreme measures. So things we would categorize as an eating disorder behavior like fasting, skipping meals, taking diet pills, um, purging any of those things people are turning to a third of women who are brides are turning to these extreme measures to try and change their body. Um, because that's what the wedding industry is telling them that we're all telling them that they need to be different. They need to be skinnier. They need to be slimmer, um, to be, you know, the beautiful bride that they want to be. And it also, the study also said that 14% of women buy a gown that is too small so they can purposefully diet to fit into it. I just want to say that again. They like purposefully bought a dress that is too small. How many of you have put on, you know, a dress or a t-shirt or jeans for that matter? I think jeans are the ultimate worst. That's a size too small. It's terrible, right? Like, honestly, there is little worse than putting on a article of clothing that you want to look good in. And finding that, you know, it doesn't fit, it's too tight, you look funny the whole day, you're like wiggling around feeling awkward. 
you don't look good. You're not, you don't look confident. Nothing's good. You look far better in clothes that are the correct size. So women are buying these clothes knowing they will look bad in them if they don't change their bodies, if they don't lose weight. And I know a a lot of people have real long engagement. So, you know, maybe if you're engaged for like two, three, four years, your body might change a little. Um, Whether it goes down, I can't say, but it may. But for me and other women who are, you know, got engaged and getting married within the same year, that's insane. You're not going to go down a whole size healthfully um, unless, you know, something terrible happens. I don't know. That's okay. Anyway, Besides the statistics, when I first Googled brides and weight loss slash eating disorders, the results were endless. It's pretty sad, but, um, you know, fitness and health magazines provided no shortage of articles about, you know, a diet for brides or weight loss for the wedding um, and, you know, a lot of other terrible titles. From my own experience, you honestly don't even need to Google any of these things to find it. Once you've searched like wedding or um, bride anything, so like the first time you search a wedding dress or wedding venue or any of that, you're going to get bombarded with ads um, to lose weight, to look better, to tone up, to sparkle your best. Uh, That was actually one that I saw, so... (laughs) Um, they might want to rethink their slogan, but you're going to see those on everything. If you go on Facebook, if you just open uh, any internet web page, if you go on Instagram, I mean, the ads uh, are crazy. All right, now back to uh, the actual articles that people are writing and presumably getting paid for about uh, weight loss and weddings. I'm just going to pull up on my computer some of these. Okay, so the first article that I, you know, bookmarked, it was from Fitness, and it's titled The Buff Bride's Handbook, Get in Shape for Your Wedding Day. Uh, The little tagline (laughs) underneath says, getting married, these workouts and diet strategies will help you lose weight, tone your arms, abs, butt, and thighs by your wedding day, all while keeping your inner bridezilla at bay. Now, let me just ask you a question. Have you ever tried uh, to be calm or reasonable or not annoy someone when you're hungry? Just think about that. For me, the answer is absolutely not. I get very angry, very hangry. I'm glad that's a word now. Um, I I can't focus on anything. I'm very impatient. I would certainly be classified if I were, you know, in the bride situation as bridezilla if I was hungry all the time. So I really appreciate that this article had to point out, yeah, you're probably going to be an annoying jerk. Um, But, you know, control that. Tone it down because you shouldn't be. You should, you know, learn how to control all your emotions while you're also starving yourself just for fun. So, you know, that's great. The article also went on to explain one of the reasons why you may want to lose weight. It said, you're also considering what you'll look like to your nearest and dearest as they stare at your backside on your way down the aisle. Why is anyone staring at my butt 
while I'm walking down the aisle is my first question. I mean, if you want to, that's fine. I got nothing wrong with that. But the dress is going to be like kind of poofy. You're not really going to see my butt. You know, there's other things to look at. Just look at the dress. It will be sparkling. Um, I'll probably be crying. You know, Dylan, my fiance, will be at the front. You know, he's probably going to be crying. There are other things. You don't need to be so concerned with like what is the bride's body type. Oh, my goodness. Did she like tone her arms or thighs or, you know, calves, which you definitely can't see no matter what dress you're wearing. Um, unless it's a short one. So whatever. Sorry to everyone who chooses T-length. But honestly, this this should not be on your top uh, priority list for your weddings. I'm just going to read another portion of the article. Of course, losing your love handles isn't going to make you a better bride or even a happier one. Yes, fitness. Thanks for pointing that out. You're not going to be happy or better. You're just going to be angry, hangry, and uh, less healthy, less healthy. Health does not equal skinny. You know, the healthiest bride, the happiest bride is the body type they're meant to be. They're eating all the food groups, grains, you know, protein, fruits, vegetables, healthy amount of cake, dairy, all the things. They're having, you know, food and water regularly. They're working out as their body requires, whether that's three days a week or seven days a week. It's, you know, different for every person. And the healthiest, most beautiful, happiest bride is going to be the one who treated her body well. I will say fitness did sort of point that out in saying this. And they they did say, that uh, as anyone who's watched a carb-free wife-to-be lose her mind over place settings at the rehearsal dinner knows, you know, that they won't be happy. Um, That's very kind of them. But then why are they writing this article? Why are they encouraging working out and weight loss and changing your body? You're changing who you are for your wedding. It's just those, you know, you can give a nod to, oh yeah, you know, starving yourself for a specific event is not going to be, you know, good for your emotional state and that's very nice you can recognize that that's a little step in the right direction but continuing to say that we should weigh less we should look different um, because of our wedding you know that's the bigger thing we got to tackle here this is not the only article though so fitness you're not alone. You can feel good in that. Martha Stewart joined you with uh, the 21-day pre-wedding diet plan. She's selling these. So, you know, she really has your best interests at heart. <laughs> she's, she's, not, she's not doing this for you. Also, 21 days. Have you ever tried to do anything in 21 days? I don't even think I can get, you know, running in good enough shape in 21 days. Um when you know i was behind the weight management approach in dietetics even then i would never have recommended trying to lose you know 10 to 20 pounds as this says you should um in 21 days it was like 1 to 2 pounds a week so like that would be maximum 6 pounds and that's like max um and that's if we adhere to weight management so Wow, uh, Martha, you're really pulling these brides for a loop. 
the, another one I found, um, you know, bring up the topic of feminism, which is my favorite recently. So here we go. Uh, it was called The Bride Diet. And it was in Very Well Fit. I think we all have to, you know, ask ourselves going into weddings, why is the focus always on the bride? Why is there like a bridal party and the the you know bridal shower? Why isn't it for both of them? Aren't they both getting married? Why is only the bride the one under pressure to to look different, to change her body? I don't know. I think that's a little bit of sexism right there for you. But okay, back to Very Well Fit's bride diet plan. So they they say that, um, you know, to get healthy and radiant for your special day, follow these tips. Avoid processed food. That includes almost everything that comes in a package or box. You know, thank you for that suggestion, Very Well Fit. Processed food is one of my least favorite words. Uh, just like healthy, it means absolutely nothing. Well, oh, is it processed if I picked it off the vine? Is it processed if I turned it into you know pasta or bread? Is a tomato processed? Because here they're telling me anything that comes in a package or a box, and my tomatoes almost always come in a little plastic box because I like the cherry kind. So I, I mean, this that you know. Apart from being completely useless, why are we avoiding processed foods? The next suggestion is limit or eliminate foods with added sugar. Okay, thank you for saying added sugar instead of sugar, because I have had many patients who will come to me and say, I I don't eat sugar anymore, and they're like eating a banana. I'm glad they're eating a banana. I don't want to take that banana away. I do want to tell them, however, that uh, bananas have sugar. You know, and, and sugar or glucose is our best fuel. So, you know, don't eliminate it. Your brain, your muscles, no one's going to be happy. So they're not saying that. They're saying limit or eliminate foods with added sugar. Okay. Um, I, I just not, I, I don't know. Limit or eliminate. No one's going to eliminate. So we're on to limit. There's no real suggestion. Am I cutting out bread because people make bread with some sugar? Or am I cutting out yogurt? I mean, yogurt's delicious. Sometimes it tastes better with a little bit of honey. I don't know. This is, you know, silliness. Their third piece of advice is skip the sweetened or artificially sweetened beverages. I mean, that one I'm okay with. I don't particularly like sweetened beverages, but if that's your thing, and if putting it up on a pedestal, you know, back to that thought from the beginning, if putting it up there and saying, I can't ever have this, and if I do, I'm a bad person, well, you know what's going to happen? Eventually, you're going to drink an entire bottle of soda or orange juice or whatever it is that you really like. You're going to feel bad about yourself, and you're going to have had more than you would have ever had to begin with. Their tip number four is give up refined and starchy carbohydrates like white bread or white rice. I know the USDA is really behind whole grains, and they are great. Definitely not cutting back on whole grains. They're delicious. But if you don't like whole grain pasta, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of, you know, regular white flour pasta. Their fifth piece of advice is drink plenty of water, which I think is fascinating because the Cornell study 
also brought up water. Apparently, drinking water is like the number one thing brides do to try and lose weight. In the Cornell study, it says drinking water was the most common weight loss technique. Almost 80% of brides surveyed used it by brides to be that. National data indicates that only 34% of women trying to lose weight and 23% trying to avoid weight gain report using water as a weight loss strategy. So I don't know if for some reason loading up on the water is like real (laughs) effective for brides. I don't know if the weight loss industry has decided this is going to be the technique they hone in on for brides. Um, It just makes you go to the bathroom a lot. It can make you feel a little bloated. Being well hydrated is wonderful. Um, I am frequently dehydrated, and if I could get myself to drink all the water I need, my running, my sleep, my work ability would improve greatly. Um, But bloating myself with so much water that I can't eat food, I mean, that's not good for anybody. And the last one is restrict or eliminate alcohol. Less than seven seven servings per week. (laughs) Thank you very well, Fit, for having ever read the USDA guidelines. Um, Seven servings per week is, you know, about the normal limit for a woman. I think it's like one per day, they typically say. So seven. So that's not unusual. Um, But anyway, I would just like to step back for a second and, and read those things again. Avoid processed food. Limit or eliminate foods with added sugars. Skip the sweetened or artificially sweetened beverages. Give up refined and starchy carbohydrates. Drink plenty of water. Restrict or eliminate alcohol. Are any of those specific to the bride, to weddings, to the weight loss industry in general? Absolutely not. These are all like normal things the weight loss industry pushes and says like, this is what you need to do to be perfect. And the fact that they're just slapping bride in front of this diet plan, it's just a marketing technique. It's just to get more women, more brides-to-be to feel like they need to change themselves. They need to lose weight. So I'm calling you out, very well fit, and the rest of you, the Knot and Zola and the rest of the aggregates, Wedding Wire, who have dozens and dozens of articles about how to lose weight, how to work out better, how to be, you know, the fit and perfect and skinny, which is mentioned over and over again, bride. And having that idea out there that only the skinny person can be a good bride, can be a beautiful bride, can be a happy bride. That's so sad. That's so sad. You know, anyone, if they're truly in love with their partner, if they're excited about their wedding day, Anyone who's smiling and, you know, wearing a nice dress is going to be a beautiful bride or wearing pants or, you know, overalls, for goodness sakes. Like, it took me six shopping trips to find a dress that I'm okay with, so I truly do not fault anyone that reverts to overalls. It was my backup plan all along, and um, honestly, if I don't take this dress to a tailor, I might still go with overalls, so all I'm saying is that we all need to start calling these people out. It can't be the norm that brides are put under all this pressure to lose weight. It can't be the norm that one of the number one things a woman thinks about when she's going to get married is not 
you know, how much she loves her husband or wife to be. It's not how much she's going to spend so she can accurately budget the wedding. It's not who she wants to invite. It's not, you know, all of the important things where she wants to go on her honeymoon, the the things that matter about your wedding or just like your life in general. Um, It's the weight. It's weight that focuses and we need to take that out. We need to, you know, that shouldn't be on the top 10 list, the top any list, honestly. Um, So I just want to say a personal story or maybe two. So the first one is, you know, from my clients. So I have, you know, I, I work at the schools and I see some of the staff. And the first time I was at one of the schools this fall, a woman who works there came up to me and said, that her son was getting married. I said, that's awesome. You know, that's really exciting. I'm happy for you and him and and his fiance. And she said, yeah, um, and you're the nutritionist, right? I like grudgingly agreed. I'm a dietitian. Don't call me a nutritionist, but whatever. Um, And I said, yes. And, And she said, okay, great. Can you help me lose weight for the wedding? And I stopped and I was like, lose weight for the wedding and she's like yeah like I just want to get it all off like I don't care if it comes back on or whatever I just I'd want to look skinny in the pictures and I you know I sat her down and I told her look I I don't take a weight loss approach as like a health professional I'm never gonna put an article out there I'm never gonna give advice to someone about how to lose weight ever but especially not how to lose weight in a short period of time for a specific event. Weight cycling can have huge effects and damage on your heart. Um, You know, taking weight off and adding it back on all the time is damaging. It's damaging to our bodies, and that is a proven fact. So, no, I'm any health professional out there saying or writing that, you know, this is what you should do to get ready for a big day or lose weight quickly or how to be skinny fast – they're not ethical. That's a problem. Um, so, you know, I didn't, my my little explanation to her didn't work. Every time I see her, she says, I know you don't want to hear this, but I've cut out gluten or some other food um, to try and lose weight. And you know what? She looks exactly the same. She looks fine. If, you know, she never changes what she looks like, the wedding's going to be fine. But she's been miserable and dieting for six months leading up to it. And that's not that's not how you should be going into your son's wedding. For my own personal story, I just want to say, although I'm, you know, high and mighty and, and really good at calling people out on saying that they shouldn't um, try to look a certain way or they shouldn't try to lose weight, I'm not immune to the pressure at all. Uh, after my second day of wedding dress shopping, I got in the car and my friend who I'd been with had just told me that, you know, his sister bought a wedding dress a size too small as, you know, 14% of other brides do. And she dieted the entire summer leading up to the day. She would never like drink or eat carbs or any of that. And I got in my car and I started crying. I was like, is that what is expected of me? along with the host of other things that is expected of a bride, are we truly expecting her to ruin 
the months of her engagement to remember this time as a time of Ed, as when Ed came back and took control. And I cried for like 25 minutes on my ride home and I got home and I collapsed and, you know, Dylan was there and he was like, why, why, like, why, what's going on? Why are you so upset? And I told him and he said, you know, Julia, I wouldn't want you to do that. I don't care. Like I asked you to marry me how you are and that's the person I love. And, you know, he speaks for at least 99% of grooms out there and other brides out there who don't want their partner to change. Like they asked you to marry you how you were. So don't try to be different because who is it for? Is it for, you know, whoever's staring at your butt as you're going down the aisle? Is it for you? You're going to make yourself feel miserable so you can see a miserable version of yourself in pictures for 30, 40 years? I think we should all take a moment, rethink that. And help the brides in our lives, you know, stay healthy, stay confident without changing their bodies as they go into their their big day. So um, I hope everyone is ready for wedding season now and has maybe a new perspective on the whole shebang. And you can help someone, help a bride in your life, help a groom if they're struggling too. So, um, again, if you have any questions or comments or concerns, please email me worthyourwildnutrition at gmail.com worth W E R T H. I will be back in two weeks, two weeks. So May 20th, um, when I come back, I promise I will have a guest, the coach at Quinnipiac university in Hamden, Connecticut for the men's and women's track teams. She is Incredible. She has so much information to share about how to keep our athletes healthy without letting them fall into the trap of eating disorders. So if weddings wasn't your thing, if this wasn't really the episode for you, but you know, you're all about sports and running, please come back for next week because we got a lot to share. So have or two weeks from now, May 20th. Uh, have a wonderful week, everybody. Enjoy the hopefully good weather and um, you know, share this podcast. Have some fun. <laughs>